Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flag Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow! I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? As such as it is that the seasons must come and go, and uh, rain must fall, sun will shine and clouds will um, cloud about... Mm. Um, such as it is that uh, odysseys will come and go and we ourselves, me and you Sam, will become reborn and rejuvenated like the seasons themselves. We're self-replenishing uh, entities, aren't we? Haven't we Human. declared that well, before? Like, because all of our cells in our bodies replenish themselves, don't they? Do, they? Over yeah. seven years, apparently. So we are completely different people to who we were seven years ago that's not that's not why we're here the point i'm trying to make is that it's time for a brand new odyssey on top flight time machine and um we're gonna do a deep dive into a book called fan dabby dozy our amazing true story and it's by none other than the crankies Whee. now some of our younger listeners might not be that familiar with the Crankies. They might not know what the Crankies are or, or were or mm. what they do. Would you be able to describe the Crankies if anyone would ask it you? Was, it was a double act that you were in the eighties were pretty much like ubiquitous on every light entertainment show and kids show, and yeah. it consisted of what was supposed to be a father and son. The father was just a straight man, kind of ev- every man, like world weary dad. And mm. the son was a naughty schoolboy in the style of sort of just William or Dennis the Menace, wore a school cap, always yeah. fucking around with um, yeah. catapults and all that sort of like mischief, that sort of cheeky stuff. mischief maker. Yeah. And they were Scottish. That was the other sort of defining characteristic of them. Um, but. The twist is, is that one day when you were a kid and you were used to seeing the crankies and you'd always be thinking, oh yeah, the crankies, they're a bit weird, but fine. Seems like a bit mm. of fun. Then one day someone said to you, probably in my case, one of my older brothers, here, see them crankies? See the, the little boy? He ain't really a little boy. He's a grown woman. It's a full grown woman. And, in, a full grown and in real life, right, they're fucking married, you cunt. 
And then what? you're like, nothing will ever be the same for you ever again. It's worse yes. than them telling you the truth about Santa Claus, right? It is yeah. beyond your fucking tiny comprehension. Your entire world collapses in on itself, doesn't it? Everything's turned upside down. You, you were, At first, you're in denial. It's like grief mm. in that sense. You're like mm. absolutely in denial. You refuse to accept it. Then eventually, you ask around, and a few other sort of more credible adults, like perhaps my mum, would have confirmed it to me. And then yeah. once you start to accept it is true, you come out of denial, but you go into um, shock. And then that gives way to a bit of anger. And I spent a few years being quite disgusted by it. Um, mm. But that's normal. And then eventually you just live with it. And then years later, you reach middle age and you decide with a friend slash colleague to make a podcast about this yeah. couple's autobiography. Yeah why we're doing it we're not sure it's, it's reasons that are deep in our subconscious mm. I reckon probably to do with that trauma you've just described it's, it's our way of dealing with that yeah I think we're working we're processing. our way through it um, yeah so so um, I think I, I've been thinking about why the Crankies were so popular at the time and I think mm. what they did was so incredible the, 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 <laughs> I'm going to say deceit but <laughs> the illusion they created was so yeah, incredible they were this illusionists was a time, yeah this was a time before we had CGI. Now, <laughs> you could create the crankies quite easily these days with yeah, CGI. No problem. But then, this was like humans as CGI. I this know. is a grown woman. Again, not that fully grown. A yeah, grown that, that's woman. the key thing to remember. She was a woman, an adult yeah. woman, but she was very small. And that's how she got she, away with playing a, a, a schoolboy. Uh, According to this book, she was four foot five inches. Yeah, it's pretty small. So that's very small. But it, it was it was her. It was a godsend, almost because it allowed her. You know and, and it's the sheer audacity of the crankies that I think mm. wowed the nation. It's like the audacity of their idea. And what I'm most yeah. looking forward to in reading this book, because you've read more of it than I have so far. But as, we, two pages. as the Odyssey unfolds, what has always fascinated me is that moment where they open up and just say to like they they sit they're sat together and there'll be a moment just like when Lennon and McCartney decided that they were gonna I don't know make fucking Sergeant Pepper or whatever that moment where they go what if no wait, hear me out yeah. what if I dressed up as a schoolboy. You pretended to be my dad, and we took the yeah. show out on the road. Yeah, I just want it's, to know how that conversation went down. It's one of those like lightning strike moments, isn't it? Yeah, like who thinks that? It's like me and my son are always having. My son loves to do that conversation where it's like, who was the first person to think of that? It's quite a common trope these days. You see cartoons about it on on the internet, but like yeah. he, he's always like, who was the first person? to say, go and squeeze that cow's boob, see what comes out, exactly. and then fucking yeah. drink it, right? Yeah. Like, madness. Well, it's the same fucking deal with the crankies. <clears throat> that thing that those hens have just shit out. Yeah. Let's see what's inside and see what happens if we heat yeah, it up. You'd be like, oh, that's like alien. That doesn't look like shit. That's like some alien life form. What should we do? I'm terrified of it. Don't be terrified, mate. What we're going to do it. is crack it open... 
Whatever comes out, we're going to cook it and eat it, and then we'll just move on. We'll see what happens, and we'll move on from. We'll take it from there. We're desperate. All about cheese, like with milk. Like, okay, we squeeze Mm. out this white stuff. We'll drink it fine. Squeeze it out. Add it to some salt. Leave it to sort of go off in a dark room for several months. Then, when it's gone all hard, put it on a biscuit and eat it. Mm. Exactly. This is this I is mean, the world it, of the crankies. The, the, these these discoveries that have delighted and sustained us for, for centuries. I often wonder if we took our eye off the ball. Why are we not searching out for we more? We should still be doing it. Things but like people eggs don't, and cheese. People don't look to the natural world enough anymore. Ever since they no. invented plastic and whatnot, like now everyone's mm. like, how can we manufacture this thing unnaturally? Instead of just yeah. looking around. And going, oh, I wonder what would happen if we, you know, took a load of weeds out of the ground and shoved them up our willy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just an example. Well, I mean, we've talked in the past about eating mud. And yeah, how, why that, not? That feels like an undiscovered, um, unexplored There's bound to be a shitload of avenue. nutrients in mud. Got to be. But we just don't try. We don't try. The Crankies did try and they succeeded. They dared to dream. They did, they did, and they shared those dreams with all of us, and mm. it enhanced our lives massively. So it's it's their, uh, you know, I would have said long overdue autobiography, which came out I think in two thousand and eleven. Uh, no, two thousand and four actually. But still, I mean, they put a shift in because it was the mid seventies, I think, when they first appeared on the telly. Mm. But that to um, provide the foreword of yeah. this book to set the scene almost, to legitimise the Crankies. Uh, we've got none other than um, Music Hall Variety star um, Max Bygraves. Wonderful. Sadly, no longer with us. No. Um, so it's kind of fine to say that I, I believe that Max Bygraves was a bit of a cunt. Oh, is that right? Um, I believe so, yeah. Um, apologies What's to his his surviving We relatives. have had you need hands to touch okay that's enough Max steady Um, if you're looking for a laugh you can have a look on YouTube to see if any of Max Bygraves episodes of uh, Family Fortunes which he presented it was was short lived wasn't it his spell on fortunes he was fucking terrible at it yeah (laughs) I think it was a curveball decision because Monkhouse stepped down it's like, how yeah. do you replace Monkhouse? There's only one man you who could have possibly have replaced him, and that would have been Brucey, but Brucey was tied up with other things. So they've yeah. gone, well, let's go for a curveball and get someone with no experience, but who is a beloved entertainer. Um, but people often underestimate just how difficult it is to present a game show with real skill. Oh, there's a lot of moving parts. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> so much. I mean, I, I genuinely, I think it's one of the toughest jobs as as TV presenting goes. I mean, sat on a sofa doing what you likes of Philip and Holly do. I reckon that's mm. at the easier end because that's just all mm. OQ and chatting, right? Yeah. Um, but a game a show deal, deal with goons like you going off. Yeah, off exactly. The worst thing that can happen is that someone's fucking booked Delaney in desperation and he's gone renegade, right? <laughs> he's gone TFTM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the worst thing you have to deal with. But with the, the, the pressure that you have as a game show host is not just holding it together without anything going wrong. You have to drive it because the premise of the show is never enough to make it entertaining in itself. 
you have to drive you have to create the jeopardy and the tension and the drama and only some people mm. can do it in my opinion Brucey was the best I think Monkhouse was a close second and I tell you he's very underrated and superb at it Noel Edmonds we've talked yeah. about that before because Noel Edmonds wasn't funny like Brucey and Bob Monkhouse were but he weren't half good at fucking generating a sort of a false tension and jeopardy and so you were hanging on every last moment of the show particularly with deal or no deal which was a load of fucking nonsense really but going to say but he yeah. drove he was he was at he the wheel that. he was at the wheel he was driving the bus and i tell you what a, he knew where he was fucking going on it too it was just a bunch of numbers in boxes yeah. when it started but by the end he had people turning up with systems yeah and with lucky charms and all kinds of things he turned it into a mini cult by the end he did and i don't think anyone not even brucey could have done that <clears throat> I think it was like in the hands of Noel, he turned shit into magic. But anyway, all of that's a far cry from Bygraves doing Family Fortunes. Well, his first ever episode hosting Family Fortunes is on YouTube, and I imagine it will be quite the watch. Yeah, and Um, of course, these things weren't live, so the producers have plenty of time to retake, cut, edit, change the script, all that shit. So if he's still coming through as, as bad as you're saying, then this is a big problem. Well, I mean, this will have been before he actually grew into the job. So this mm. is the first ever one, 1983, Series 5, Episode 1. I remember I it. How many... I remember it when it was like it was yesterday when he took over. It was big news at the time. And he was his catchphrase on that, or was it just a general catchphrase that he'd always had? Uh, I want to tell you a story. That was his general catchphrase. And did, yeah. oh, I know what his catchphrase was on Family Fortunes. It was this. <clears throat> now we're playing for big money. Big money. Big money. <laughs> that was it, This yeah. was the first, like, sort of experimentation with getting a classic Cockney on a game show. It failed. But Barrymore yeah. and Davidson both sort of... They, they Obviously, TV execs didn't give up because then Barrymore and Davidson did it in the 90s. And then eventually they hit jackpot with the Cockney on a game show when Dyer did the wall. But if you look at yeah. it, Bygraves was like a sort of prototype Dyer. Because that old kind of big money, I want to tell you a story. Taking the vernacular of the market stall trader to mm. mainstream Saturday Night Light Entertainment. Well, that was it. I mean, mm. it was the vernacular of the music hall as well, wasn't it? Which yeah. in itself was kind of... The, the, the language of the streets. Mm. People wanted to hear that language of the streets heightened for their amusement. So that's where it yeah. all came from. <laughs> but he, he did two series, Max Bygraves, of Family Fortunes, um, running until May 1985. And then the show was rested for two whole years. Wow. While, well, while the tried nation to recover. And, and the format tried to recover from it. <laughs> Oh, no. And it was brought back with Les Dennis. And he had a right good run on it, it didn't he? Lo- oh, he did. You know what I saw last week? I tuned in to Countdown, as I sometimes do of an afternoon, and um, Les Dennis was presenting it. And he was only that, presenting I didn't it. know that he presented it now. Well, he, he doesn't really. He, what's happened is, I don't know if you're aware, Anne Robinson has been presenting it yeah. for the last couple of years. And to be honest, it's like it's been like the latter... Um, stages of apocalypse now it's just been riddled with paranoia yeah it's been riddled with kind of paranoia and fear among everyone in that studio audience included she's gone up river 
she's just gone up she's gone there and hosted it with just so much benevolent benign menace she hasn't actually abused anyone yeah, too much but she's given but you the strong been... impression she might abuse you at any moment <laughs> and she's nearly 80 as well <laughs> yeah. so you know what that means I don't I know I really like her <laughs> oh it was it was so fucking it's such a tough watch all of the um, all of the relaxing kind of gentle entertainment yeah strange because it's, it's what I call cardigan telly it's, it's cardigan telly and there's nothing and wrong with that and she's more like power suit telly yeah, you got the feeling that she might have had a taser under the desk. She's like shoulder pad telly. Yeah, and that's I mean, cardigan telly. Yeah, she, she as a quiz master or quiz host, her um, her hair dear was obviously the weakest link, where she was just paid to read out um, scripted insults mm. to members of the public. Yeah, oh, did it very did it very well. She's great at it. Yeah. You can't, take that and then put it in the countdown for fuck's sake no strange choice they ain't after to me countdown after you know what's his name Richard Whiteley died I feel that it's been like Manchester United post Fergie yeah really like it it's this this institution this giant and they lost Mm. this guy who held it all together and they didn't quite realise how important that guy was until he was gone and since Mm. then it's just been non-stop fucking changes and she is quite clearly the Jose Mourinho era of Manchester yeah. United but I you mean, know some, look at the amount they've had I feel like they've had about fucking 10 since he died well they, it hasn't been that many but they've all been ones that you would think that's a good fit and then they haven't really worked Des Lynham took yeah, over from I remember Richard that. Bradley. Yeah, and you'd think Des Lynham perfect. would be perfect but I think Can't Des Lynham maybe thought that he was slightly above it all I don't know yeah he probably sure. wasn't into it enough yeah Des O'Connor did it for a Brilliant. bit as well. But yeah. again... <clears throat> maybe too cheesy. Know, maybe too cheesy. I don't know. Des was maybe the best of the bunch. Jeff Stelling did it, but it didn't have the same kind of quick-fire um, rhythm that he enjoys on Soccer Saturday. So that yeah. wasn't quite right either. And then they had Nick Hewer from The Apprentice. I found that to be weird. a curveball. He was just a bit weird because he's not a television presenter. No, it, that's a, it was a strange um, choice. I think, Jesus Christ, how long did he do? Ten years? Fuck <laughs> off. Me. Fucking hell, is that right, mate? <laughs> Nine and a half years, Nick Hewitt did it. Do you know what? That totally fucking does my head in because that, like, I feel that Whiteley only just died. I feel it was only ten years since Whiteley died and Hewer was like the fourth, fourth one. Whiteley died 17 years ago. Fuck's sake. Um, we'll be dead soon, mate. This is a terrible... Yeah. Well, I keep saying that the passage of time goes far too quickly and you realise so. chunks of time that you can you can measure by incidents and things. You realise that it's just all going Do far you get it fast. with albums? Like you think, oh, that that's that band's quite recent album. And then someone yeah. says they're celebrating its 30-year anniversary. Yeah. I just saw a thing yesterday. You know Diane Morgan, the comedian? Yeah. Um... She's just received some kind of um, lifetime achievement award for her twenty years in comedy. Fucking hell! Like, I thought she'd just out. Yeah, yeah. That's not twenty years. Fuck off. Wow. But apparently it is. Um. So, Anne Robinson had the shortest tenure on the show. One year, fifteen days. Des Lynham did one year, fifty-two days. Jalapeno. Ready to pop the question. 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. Yeah, so anyway, Les Dennis was sat behind the desk. But what it is, what they do is they sometimes get um, guest presenters in, in yeah. between uh, the main ones. Mm. And um, Colin Murray has done it quite a few times. What, from Five Live? Is that right? Yeah. Very yeah. interesting he, choice. He, he gets it. He's I would have thought it. it was a bit young. Well, you've got to freshen things up, haven't you, sometimes? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, he's good at it. Uh, but he yeah, came Col- down with Colin COVID. Murray's a like, really good guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, making a hand sport. signal no, there. No, I'm not. <laughs> I was scratching my face. No, I, I, no, genuinely, I, I like him. I worked with him a bit at Five Live and a lot of talk sport, and I think he's a really talented broadcaster. So yeah. it's nice to see that they're being more imaginative. Well, yeah. So anyway, he's kind of on a bit of a stint of filling in while they choose someone new. But he came down with COVID, and Les Dennis was due to be the, the guest in Dictionary Corner. Mm-hmm alongside Susie Dent, you know, just chipping in with some words he's, mm. he's come up with and a couple of uh, anecdotes yeah. to bookend uh, the show. So Les found himself thrust into the presenter's chair and he was really good at it. Yeah, I'm right, not surprised. Really good I'm at it. I'm not surprised at all. He did fucking Family Fortunes for years and well, he yeah, was exactly. fucking legendary in the role. Yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah. So you don't lose that. They should just give him the job full time. It's fucking obvious. He's been the I obvious choice should. right from the beginning. I think they should. I don't know if um, there's been talk of that, but I'd be very happy with that if they do that. It's either him or Grace Jones, isn't it? <clears throat> it's got to be. It's down to them two. Purvis has ruled, ruled himself out. i tell you who else would be good at it, but I see her more as a as filling for Susie Dent if Susie Dent ever retires from public life or just needs a holiday. You know, it'd be great mm. in Dictionary Corner. Bjork. Bjork. I was going to say Results Bot. But, oh, um, yeah, he'd be good too. Bjork, Bjork and Results Bot. Imagine that. It's a double act, team. yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Bjork would be good. Just um, loads of Icelandic words you'd come up with. Oh, they've got some cracking real. words as well, haven't they? they <clears throat> but they may or may not be real. We'd be none the wiser. She wouldn't give a fuck. And plus, she's probably got her own vocabulary that she's created that she'd just chuck yeah. in there under the impression that everyone was familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that dovetailing with Les Dennis would be the, the perfect way forward for it. Perfect TV. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Where are we? What's Bygraves got, got oh, yeah, to Max say Bygraves. about the crankies? Well, 
He says the Crankies were reared in variety theatres and their know-how and experience is a bonus for any promoter. He's writing <laughs> this as he's writing this as a, a reference for a job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the language reared is a word that I don't like the sound of. And also bonus for any promoter. That's not even that resounding an endorsement, isn't it? It's a it's I wouldn't a, say they were top of the bill, but certainly a bonus, put it that way. <laughs> Well, this way, they'll do a job. That's what he goes out to say. He says, should the promoter need a 10-minute spot from an act, they will provide. What? If he needs, <laughs> if he needs a front cloth of two minutes, they can do it. Should they be needed to work through a full two hours, then the Cranky's experience shines through. This is, talk about <laughs> damning with faint praise. This is one of the best <laughs> examples of damning with faint praise I've ever heard. And invoice 350 quid thank you very much do you want more if you want more <laughs> we've got to be talking big money four figures <laughs> <laughs> he says I have known Jeanette since she was a small girl <clears throat> brackets was she ever any bigger weird clearly not uh, it's impossible to shrink significantly <laughs> at that age and she has used that pocket sized personality to have audiences rocking with laughter at her antics Ian is the feed, brackets, straight man. Thanks for explaining. <laughs> and sets up Jeanette's approach to raising the laughs, which she never fails to do with her perfect timing and her great use of her knowledge of comedy. <laughs> Fucking hell. It is. It's a job reference. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, they come via the hard school of variety artists, the school of hard knocks. Uh, they have a young, a large young following but never needed to deviate from the family humour that audiences trust. And though cheeky, they never worried parents with any doubtful material. Doubtful. Uh, I won't. I, I, hope that there'll be, I hope there won't be any doubtful material tonight, Terry. <laughs> yeah. No, I've checked them out. Uh, apparently we are, they, after they, all, we are, after all, a family. A family. And there's one thing that families cannot tolerate, and that is that material that is in any way doubtful. Oh, this is a bit doubtful. I think we need to leave. Um, off stage, Max continues. They are quite simply the nicest people you could meet. I'm not sure that comes through in the book quite so much, having you know skimmed it. But that's Max's opinion. Max, of course, uh, as I say, does have a reputation uh, as being a bit of a cunt. Mate, um, just real, real quick, just I'm making a note here of the phrase doubtful material as a potential future Twitter bio for Top Flight Time Machine. It could be, couldn't it, yeah. Or Top Flight Time Machine, purveyors of doubtful material since mm. 2018. Or, I, I mean, it would be a good name for the podcast, you're right, simply yeah. doubtful material. Yeah. I've, um, I've just actually... Search for Max Bygraves and Cunt, and there are some entries on the internet regarding that. So, uh, where is it? Bygraves. While standing at the bar the other day, says someone called Babs Burst Nad on a, a Liverpool football forum. Whilst waiting to get the bar the other day, I eavesdropped on two old timers' conversations about whether Max Bygraves was a cunt. <laughs> nice to know it's a cross generational topic. <laughs> It's one of those things that the British talk about, like the weather. <laughs> uh, I listen to some of his songs regularly on YouTube, says someone else on a different forum, and all the top comments have been about what a horrid, ungracious cunt he was. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, who's got the... If we ever do... I was thinking recently, after the success of our Hardman World Cup earlier in the summer, I was thinking of other potential World Cups, which are great at basically delivering daily content for the Turbo IFS, um, apart from anything Minimum else. effort. Well, yeah. Anyway, depends what the context is. I mean, for me, that constituted quite a lot of effort, but that's not saying much. Um, it... Uh, but the greatest ever cunts, just cunts, great British cunts, cunts yeah. in entertainment, worth thinking yeah. about, worth keeping in the back pocket. Yeah, but dead cunts, I think, would be yeah, better. Yeah, we don't want to get ourselves then, into trouble. We don't want to get any legal trouble. But someone else on that same comedy forum said, uh, I was round my parents this afternoon when the news came on about Max Bygraves' passing. My mother cheered and said, great, best news I've heard all day. <laughs> Uh, I said I thought this was rather harsh and she replied well you don't know what he was like do you a horrible vile disgusting man and he treated his wife like shit Uh, my mum worked at ATV which was the Midlands uh, ITV company in the 60s and her and one of her friends apparently had some sort of run in with him but she didn't seem to want to expand on the story the way she'd reacted you think it was like Ceausescu being shot all over again (laughs) (laughs) there we are so there's a bit of a uh, bit of truth in that, I think, but maybe we'll never know. So Max Bygraves there, and he, he describes the crankies as the nicest people he could meet. Ian is an incredible chef, he says. Ian, of course, is the man. Jeanette is the child in the crankies. Um, Ian is an incredible chef and can muster up a banquet at short notice. A banquet, I might add, that makes him chef supreme for an evening at home. Wow. This sounds like Max Bygraves has possibly paid him. To come round and do the catering at his, his house or at a party. Now listen, you cunt. Now listen, you jock cunt. It's Bygraves here. And I've got a I'm one a birthday. I've got a one that says you're going to come round and knock me up some sausage rolls for my birthday get-together. Uh, <laughs> I've heard the work's drying up a little bit and I've got a big birthday coming up. There are some conditions. I do not want you speaking to or even making eye contact with any of my guests. <laughs> In fact, I especially want you to... my wife, because I know what you're like. I want. I do not want that horrible little wife of yours coming along. Actually, scratch that. I do. She can carry around a plate of horse d'oeuvres on her nut. <laughs> 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 like fucking like, odd job. That's what she like reminds me of. <laughs> like one of them little ones that Freddie Mercury used to have at his parties. <laughs> but I cannot stress this enough. There will be no cocaine or any other form of narcotic at my birthday party. For I believe and drugs I'm... to be an evil crime against humanity. <laughs> And there will be no sexual congress of any sort <laughs> until after the party when me and my wife retire to the boudoir. <laughs> when I will do whatever the hell I like to her. For that is the nature of the controlling because... of the coercive controlling relationship I have nurtured with her over the course of several decades. <laughs> that might be kind of yeah where, where they were at uh, yeah, he says I've attended many of these gourmet evenings in Australia and enjoyed several hours laughing at their spontaneity and memories of early days in Glasgow's theatres where if the audience is like you they'll love you forever 
I laughed, you fall... I laughed and laughed like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I laughed. Say more. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what the little fall... one I'd shout. Look at it. You wouldn't know it was a Doris. <laughs> and all the audience would laugh, laugh at me, because they all knew that however funny the Crankies was, I was funnier. That was a fact. <laughs> he says, uh, talking about the Glasgow Theatre's audiences, if the audience is like you, they'll love you forever. But if you fall flat, they'll remain unenthusiastic, to say the very least. <laughs> they will come at you with razor blades. <laughs> hammers. Hammers. <laughs> baseball bats. Lumps of wood. Whatever they Mail could guns. lay their jock hands on. It was it, it was bedlam at times. <laughs> it was like war. <laughs> but that's what I liked. And he says, I don't like to call past performers old timers. Instead, I prefer to call them survivors. And may the good Lord look after the crankies because they are survivors that need looking after. <laughs> what does that mean? Fucking hell. What does that mean? Jesus Christ. Just their me. Is... They are on, they're on the bones of their ass these days, hence this fucking hastily yeah, yeah. thrown together book that they've asked me to do a foreword for. They are on the it's... bones of their ass. The little one asked me the other day for a piece of cheese out of my fridge. I told her to get stuffed, but I did t- reflect on what, bad, what a bad state their career must be in. <laughs> I told it to get stuffed. <laughs> I was revolted by the very request. <laughs> uh, may the Lord smile on them the way audiences have at home and abroad do the new. I don't know what that means. And abroad do the new. That means now. Abroad All do right. now. Oh, may the, may, the may now. God smile on the way audiences at home and abroad do now. And he's written no. Whichever fucking underling he's had right, he's dictated this to. Change now to the new. That's a little gag. But then send a memo to the man one out of the crankies and tell him I want extra money for that because that's a gag that I hadn't originally agreed to doing, but I'm chucking it in there as a bonus. <laughs> Their career in the UK is fucked, <laughs> but they still do manage to sometimes turn a pull a crowd on a cruise ship. Where the audiences are, let's face it, captive. May God help them, because fuck knows they need it. All the best, <laughs> Maxi B. <laughs> and then at the end, he just says, they are rare. They are rare, talented, and among my favourite people on earth. <laughs> among them. My- they are not them. I would not even put them in the top 50. But if you broaden the group out to 100, and I can tell you, I haven't met really 100 people I have any time for at all. They're just about squeezing at the back end. They're probably in the top 2,000, let's say that. Invoice attached. Yeah, sincerely, invoice attached. Mike's Bygraves, 2004. Up yours. (laughs) Sincerely and up yours, Maxi Boy Bygraves. (laughs) (laughs) that is comfortably the worst foreword I've ever read to any book and it's worthy of deep dive in and of itself no one has ever written a foreword 
that ambivalent before. Oh, like, don't even write it. That's why they must have been able to find someone better. They knew everyone in the eighties. Every showbiz legend they would have known. So mm. why did they have to resort to a cunt who didn't really have anything good to say about them? Well, I mean, sometimes I, I'm not judging the crankies, but sometimes some celebrities do run out of um, sympathetic colleagues. Yeah, I suppose there's a lot reasons. of uh, so, jealousy, envy, and bitterness in yeah, in showbiz, isn't there? Yeah. Let's but that. you know when we deep dived uh, Noel's Christmas special at Christmas? When yes. do you remember when they were on the jumbo jet with Fergal Sharkey? Yeah, <laughs> the Crankies yeah. were there, mate. They were, but they didn't what? actually have a they role. Didn't do anything. No, they didn't do anything. They were just there, and that was the Crankies for you, right? So yeah. at the final production meeting, literally the day before they got on this jet, Noel would have gone, right? So talk me through what's on the jet again. And they go, well, we've got a bunch of families who've, who've won a competition to be on it. Right, okay. Mm. We've got um, Fergal Sharkey, right, with his new act. He's doing his new single. Mm. Right, that sounds all right, I suppose. Um, Smitty Smith is hosting. Good. Well, Smitty can always fucking hold it together. That man's pure gold. And um, that's it. Ah. Oh. No, hang on. That's not enough. We're going to have to... There's got to be something else. I tell you what. Get the fucking crankies there. Why? They don't have to do them. They just have them hanging around because they're good for the vibes. The fucking plane's full of kids. Who who else is going to keep them kids amused yeah. or just give them something to look at and focus on? Trust me. The crankies, come. they come cheap. They're always available and they'll do a fucking job. And if you get desperate, they'll just stand around sausage rolls to all of them. And it was Christmas Day, so they'll have been on treble time for that. Yeah, exactly. They're not daft. <laughs> no, would have been. They'll be on treble time, but trust me, that's half of what I choose <laughs> charge for single time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, was before so- Noel had invented Blobby. So they basically, yeah. he always likes a vibes man around, doesn't he? So he would have got the yeah. crankies in pre-blobby. It, it was checkers for a long while was his vibes man. Yeah, it was, yeah. Then it was. Then for a while there was a hiatus, so very much like you were saying with Countdown, he had guest vibes men um, before blobby came along in the 90s. So they would have been his guest vibes men for a while. Well, yeah, blobby just solved all those problems. Yeah. Like the crankies would need to be paired lots. Checkers would have been paired a bit. Yeah. Blobby get him for minimum he basically, you don't know who's inside the suit you he, can always replace him he basically said to. I've got this conundrum I keep paying vibes people and over the years mm-hmm. it mounts up although I try to pay them as little as possible it just seems an unnecessary cost in mm-hmm. my empire so what I want to do is go into a laboratory and create my own vibes man that I can manipulate and control and cost me almost nothing and that's how he created Blobby it was like a it was like a sort of a Frankenstein's monster of all of the mm. sort of sidekicks he's worked with in the past. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, I'll, we'll, we'll leave it there because that's that's nicely covered the foreword. I've just ra- randomly found a page with the word Sunderland on it, which struck me attention. And I'll just read you um, just the, the, the short paragraph. Suddenly she saw me running up Sunderland beachfront being chased by this huge bloody ex-cop. We were really depressed because we hadn't got our money and were skint for Christmas. 
I don't know how they got there, but we'll find out <laughs> that and so much more as we go through this book, uh, which I think is going to be very, very interesting. Absolutely. Find Dozy, The Crankies. Uh, it's available online. I don't think it's cheap. It's not that easy to get. You can't get it on Amazon. Um, but Try World of Books. That's World where of we got Books. Out. Yeah, we got ours from there, so it's worth picking up. There we go. Thank you very much. Back with part two next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.